0: Hey, team of Eternal Optimists, it's Matt on here. And before we launch into today's epic conversation, I've got a big announcement. Drum roll, please. <laughs> My brand new book is coming out on March 8th. And perhaps even better news, you can get it for only 99 cents on Amazon that day. We don't run ads on the show. And if you ever want to get back and support the Eternal Optimist community, Go to Amazon on March 8th and get the Kindle version for only 99 cents. Just search for the book title, The Eternal Optimist. It's never too late. And you can download it directly to your device. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome to the Eternal Optimist podcast. I'm Matt Drink on your host. Team, today we're going to talk about hope and creating it. We're going to talk about challenges and how we overcome them. We're gonna work on the way that we show up each and every day so that if we're at a high place, we keep building momentum. If we're in a really challenged, low place, we learn strategies and tips on how we might overcome and make the next step because progress is perfection, my friends. Today's guest, Mr. Dane Espigard. You're in for a real treat. Dane, he is the dream expert. When I say that, he wrote a book called The Dream Machine he does a, a workshop called the dreams workshop in which i have the dream journal i keep saying the word dream because when i think of dane he is someone that is an empowerer that helps people to accomplish and live the lives of their dreams he is a record holder in the vector marketing cut- cutlery world the number one all-time office sales last year in 2021 he's someone that's developed hundreds and thousands of people in the organization he has an amazing wife and two amazing daughters and his story is phenomenal he's someone that when you hear him speak you're endeared to him almost instantly because he speaks with such heart such conviction and he's incredibly humble and real he shares much on this discussion today we talked about the difference between big problems and little problems and how to really pay attention and have high awareness when big challenges are in front of you we talked about when there's hope in the future, there's power in the present. We talked about the dream workshop, dream journaling, and how to live the life of your dreams by building one dream on top of the other. Get ready for an amazing conversation. Without any further ado, my dear friend, Mr. Dane Espagard.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Eternal Optimist Podcast. The show for optimists by optimists. This is the show for people who see the good in the world and want to make a positive difference in the lives of their families and communities. Each week, you'll hear inspiring stories that will get you thinking bigger and playing more offense in life. With your host and high performance coach, Matt Drinkon.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to invite uh, you to hear and observe and witness and get to know my really good friend, Dane Espergard.
1: Dane, welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt. I'm really excited to be here. Been looking forward to this conversation for a while.
0: Me too, brother. Me too. And one thing as we dive in is that you have had an incredible influence in my life. I probably shared this with you, but I want our listeners to know that the impact you have had has been felt throughout every area of my life you of course uh, i'm a big dane espergard fan because of uh your book the dream machine i'm hoping that you're going to talk about that later on today i'll show it up here for whenever we publish a video of this at some point in the future so i'm a big fan of that i'm a big fan of the dream journaling everything you've done has been really inspirational i'm not as big of a fan of you on the basketball court because you're a little younger and a little fitter than i am at the moment ultimately i just wanted to share some appreciation to start dane on the influence you've had so thank you brother you're much appreciated. It is it is my pleasure for sure. Well, let's kick things off here with what are a couple things that our listeners should know about you, Dane, if they don't already know?
1: Sure. I am I'm a father of two, two little girls who happened, let's see, five years old, almost six, and then our youngest turns four tomorrow. So we've got a big birthday coming up. We keep telling her everybody in the world is excited for your birthday tomorrow. So she she's just walking around as high as uh, high as can be. My wife's name is Brooklyn. She's fantastic. We just relocated from the great area of the Twin Cities down south to Austin, Texas, to join the rest of the Front Row Dads growing community. That's been a little bit of a challenge. What do you mean? Uh, a little bit of a challenge. Uh, well, you said the word, the
0: c-word. Uh, I would love to go straight to the uh, the source. Uh, what's the challenge in moving to Austin? <laughs>
1: well, we kind of did it on a on a whim. We, you know, so for instance, last we were together what was it, basically the week before Halloween, right, for Front Row Dads in San Antonio. And we had kind of, we had felt, my wife Brooklyn and I, for a little while that a move was in the works at some point, whether it was a different different area of where we're at right now. But we've been working virtually. We don't have family where we're at. Most of our friends up here don't really have kids and, and stuff as well. And so we kind of found ourselves mostly raising our kids alone and just decided, like, this isn't necessarily what we were what we were excited about, so had been discussing different options. We went to Austin for the weekend after the San Antonio retreat, just to celebrate our anniversary. Looked at two homes just to see the area. One of them happened to be uh, like ninety percent done, is in terms of a new build. And I'm giving you all the details. In Brooklyn, had previously drawn a floor plan of the house that she would want to build, and it was
0: exactly what we were walking through. Oh, uh oh, spider tangling right now. <laughs> well, so
1: she, so she doesn't, she's like silent walking through. I'm like, are you okay? She's like, I'm sweating. I was like, Oh no. So, so then we were with the front row dads the next morning and it was, you know, we've got a house up in Wisconsin. It hasn't sold. We had lists and it hadn't sold. So we were like, is this going to be able to work? A couple of the front row dads were able to suggest some creative ideas as they always do. And we went home and, and discussed it and said, do we want to do this? And we did. We had no intention of actually shopping. We actually booked the two homes at the airport, just like, Hey, let, we don't even know where to drive around to look at Dripping Springs area, which is like West of Boston. We're like, let's just find two homes and see if we can go see them today. So there was no, we weren't supposed to be shopping. It was like, just drive around the area and give us something to look at. We fell in love with the house, made an offer, they took ours. They even came back to us and said somebody else offered twenty five grand more. We'll, we'll allow you, like, if you match it, we'll, we'll go with your offer, even though the other one was all cash. Like, my wife drew, you know, wrote a note, did all this stuff, and what was it like a month and a half? I mean, we closed on December thirty first, and then getting ourselves like, so the whole thing has been a whirlwind, and yeah, and we were across the country pretty quick.
0: That's amazing, and. If I can lay some groundwork here, and what I'd like to talk with you about today, Dane, is about challenges, is about things you've overcome in your life. You're someone that I uh, recognize as, as successful as a husband, as, uh, as a parent, as someone who's uh, an industry leader, one of the top performers in the history of the company that, you, that you're involved in. So that's the Vector Marketing Cutco Cutlery, one that I came from as well. Love that organization. So you're someone that's done very well in a number of areas, and it's not always uh, easy peasy in life. And I'd love to explore some of the challenges with you that you've overcome. So our listeners can see that it is possible to overcome some big stuff. So if you could take us anywhere you'd like to on your timeline from from birth until present time, anywhere where there's a challenge that you're comfortable sharing, we'd love to hear it, Dane.
1: Sure. When I think about, you know, challenges, I'd say I, I feel like I've been to this point in my life pretty blessed and haven't had too many challenges that are inescapable. And what I mean by that is. You know, I personally haven't had any major health challenges at this point in my life. My parents are, you know, relatively healthy. They're still, you know, in their 60s. My siblings are all healthy, you know. So I I would say that I haven't had those issues necessarily that I'm sure will come obviously with time as they do for everybody. So most of the challenges that I I think of in my life have been, you know, self-imposed right? In other words, us trying to, you know, the example of us saying we want to move. I mean, that was the most stressful, probably six weeks that we've ever had. It's a busy time in work. We're trying to pack up the house that we were currently in. I actually happen to be, I'm going to call it stranded right now, which I'll talk about in a second. But we're in our house that's actually outside of the Twin Cities right now. We had to get that home ready to to rent, move across the country. We were also going to stop for the holidays over over Christmas in Omaha, where our in-laws are. That period of time is really busy for me with work. I got COVID during that same time. So then the family left without me so that I could kind of like isolate. Our car broke down in the middle of that. So I drove, you know, basically to Texas in a car. They couldn't fix it for two months. So there was just like, you know, one of those when it rains, it pours type of deal. So it was just one more thing after another. We we got through it, and when we got down there, and just everything felt right. But it was one of those things that I'm a firm believer that you could look at things in your life as resistance to say maybe I should go the other way. But uh, I'm I think I'm a little more hard headed, and I choose to look at it as this is just the universe testing how bad I want it. And so you know, with with the idea of all these things popping up as we move down there, it's like wow, this is the shedding of maybe that where we were in, in the rebirth of, of where we're headed. But you know, after we got through all of that and when we look at where we're at, I mean it took us a month before we were like, oh man, this is the best decision that we've made. We're so glad that we did it. And just knowing that whenever there's a change, change typically is going to have the bigger the change, the more rub, right? And so in other words, as it's happening, just kind of embracing and knowing that that's going to take place. A really small challenge. I would say is what we're doing dealing with right now. We decided to take a eight day trip from Austin to Omaha for basically the last, if we, when was it? I don't know. Two weeks ago we were, we left, we borrowed Seth Daly's uh Sprinter van, like one of those really big, nice Mercedes Sprinter vans that you can get the whole crew in. Yep. Seth Daly front row dad. Awesome guy. Yes. So there is five of us and two dogs in this thing. And driving up to Omaha, awesome. It was like, man, this is great. This is what travel is like. We did it in one day, and then we were in Omaha for three days. And then I was supposed to go to Minneapolis, rent a car, go to Minneapolis for some work for three days, and then go back for my wife's younger brother's grab party, right? A lot of details, but my wife decides that they want to come too. So we take the Sprinter van up to Minneapolis from Omaha.
0: And for some context, Dane, the size of this, what is this the size like a? 300 square foot office is it like a what kind of size are you talking it's It's large large. i
1: mean there's like six bucket seats a bed in the back there's a mini bathroom it's big
0: okay okay so
1: so it's spacious so everything is going great we get up to minneapolis and the thing breaks down on the dashboard it says seven starts remaining i've never seen that and it also had seven starts remaining and it had a little like fire emoji (laughs)
0: oh what
1: (laughs) yeah oh, right like is this thing gonna blow up yeah so I was fire emoji by the my... way,
0: designers of uh spinner vans in the future uh the fire emoji with the word seven starts remaining that is not awe inspiring. I don't know if that's great marketing or if that's I, like just I'll terrifying tell ya,
1: it, it got us to take it seriously, oh you you know, wasn't like a normal check engine light. this was like I think you're gonna blow up so so we. We take it in, and they're like, "Oh yeah, this sensor melted. Whatever this happens on these, it's covered under warranty." We were supposed to be leaving though the next day to get back to Minneapolis to Omaha to then drive home on Memorial Day to Texas, right? So they say well, it's not going to be fixed for like six days. So now it's like we don't have a vehicle. We're in the Twin Cities. We're supposed to be. This whole trip was to be at a family event in. Omaha. So I was in the middle of my, my largest training seminar of the year with Cutco. Right. So I'm doing it virtually. So I'm in the, on a break, there's 200 people in training and I, and Brooke calls me and says, Hey, here's the deal. It's not going to be fixed for a week. And I was just like, "Mm -hmm, okay. And uh, you know, I said, well, we'll, we'll figure it out. And so we, we figured it out. We, we rented a different car, loaded everybody up, found a Rover for the dogs. Drove through the night basically, so we could still be at the grad party. I'm pretty stubborn when it comes to certain things. My wife's like, "Well, what if we just don't go to the grad party?" I was like, "Are you kidding me?" I was like, "All of this is so that you could be there. Like, we are <laughs> we are going to this. It does not matter." So we basically drove through the night and uh, we're there for two days. Drove back to the Twin Cities. Our house that we have been airbnb that I'm in right now happened to be vacant for the four days of this week, and so so when it all happened, I said to my wife, I go, all this happened for a reason. Like, we just don't know it yet. Right. And my wife last night, we had a date. And uh, we have a weekly date together. And last night, she said, I, I now know why all this happened. She was like, I just needed three, four days with just the family. I needed three, four days in this house again. And th- this feels right. So it's supposed to be fixed tomorrow. We're supposed to be driving back to Texas this weekend. We'll see. But I think like, you know, and, and she made the comment too, that it was like this This last fall, we were trying to sell our house and we couldn't. Our house is super unique. It's it's my dream. Like, I love it. The house that we moved from that I'm in right now, it's on a small lake. It's it's everything that I ever wanted. And then we moved away from it because it just didn't have the community around it. Right. And so we tried to sell it last fall, but it's just, it, it's such a unique home in an area that doesn't have homes like this. So it just takes it the right buyer. So we, we decided to hold it, total risk, bought a home in Texas, fingers crossed. We were like, yes, I think we can rent this thing on Airbnb. It is wildly booked, like beyond our expectations. And so it's just, it's one of those things like when we look back, we're like, man, we were so stressed about everything this last fall. And when we fast forward the tape to today, six months later, it's like, well, all that happened so that we can keep the home and, you know, use this as a, as a place to come in the summers. And. Yeah. Well, if I could do a little pause here
0: and, and let me just jump in and share. You're so cool, Dane. I mean, I, I ask you about challenges and you're like, well, there's not too many inescapable challenges. So you, you started with a little gratitude because you have your health, right? So health aside, health is great. And thank the Lord for that. Health is good. And then, Most of them are self-imposed. Now, what you would call a self-imposed challenge, what I've been observing and hearing for the past few minutes are, there were a number of things that I'm certain would cause some people to shut down, cause some people to have tremendous anxiety, to have like a lot of challenge. And you are, there's a reason this is happening. It's it's We're gonna get through it. You're in a new environment. You bought a house before your other house is sold and it's not selling. You're gonna be moving children from this part of the country to a totally different part of the country, moving your family to a different part of the country. You're taking a trip, uh, again, a new environment on the road, and you have the the fire emoji on the dashboard it's saying, "I'm gonna, this, this is going to blow up, and other people are, are going to join you there, and there's a, a party you've got to be at, at the end of it, which now you're told you're not going to be able to do this, and you're training 200 people virtually, that in itself is a whole other possible challenge that some people would would start to sweat over. I just want to honor you for all those challenges. And I've never met Brooklyn. I already love Brooklyn, just the way that you honor her and talk about her. Man, she had to come and tell you in the middle of training on one of your breaks. Hey, by the way, we're not going to be here. I was like, that reminds me of a time that one of my assistants came in right before I had a 67 person training and said, your two receptions didn't show up this morning. Don't tell me that one minute before training. Anyways, I just wanted to honor you because what you just so coolly, calmly shared the story and are overcoming it, there may have been some challenges that are baked in there that you, you naturally are able to, to work through now. I wonder how you gain this this perspective or this this confidence, this certainty to be able to do all of those things, Dane?
1: That's a great question. I don't know if there was any one you know instance. I do think that my parents like when you when I just think about upbringing, I think that they my my mom specifically always kind of operated with a you know no big deal, we'll get through it, no big deal, we'll get through it. so I think I kind of learned a little bit of that from her in terms of you know, this really isn't that big of a challenge. I also think that I've always prided myself on just trying to have awareness. And when I say awareness for me is recognizing like what a big problem is versus a small problem. And that's what I, you know, starting off saying like a health challenge is a big problem, right? And then I'd say probably the biggest piece of all this has been my last 20 years spent at Cutco, you know, where the whole organization is centered around personal growth, right? So I feel like I've been you know exposed to the personal growth industry as a 18 19 year old all the way until now I just turned 38 and so what I am regularly teaching is you know progress not perfection what I'm regularly teaching is choice of attitude and so you know we talk a lot about in in our organization about forced growth versus chosen growth and so that's what I constantly remind myself is like, look, these challenges that I'm dealing with right now are chosen. Like I chose to go on this trip. I chose to move. These are first world problems that aren't really that big of a deal. And by me going through those challenges, though, not getting stopped by them, but going through them, I am more prepared to deal with life's forced challenges, such as a health challenge, you know, a Economic, something that's out of my control. To be able to say, "Well, this happens," I, I have to be able to figure out how to get through it.
0: Excellent. You, you've given us some good nuggets. The idea of recognizing the big problems versus the small problems. Health being a possible big problem. And I, I guess when it comes to recognizing the big problems, what might be some of those big, big things that when these things are on the radar, we pause, we pay a little more attention, or we're aware that these are some of the bigger
1: challenges. What might those be in your mind? So for me, in, in my state of life right now, I would say just marital. Like, how is my relationship with my number one? And that's that to me is, that would be the largest issue. I think there was a part of my, in the last maybe 10, 15 years, where I would say it is business. Like, how's my business going, right? And, uh, and I think that that wasn't always necessarily the healthiest because if if that is where I chose to put the most emphasis of like this problem here at work is the biggest problem in our life. What I found by doing that is it automatically told Brooklyn, my my wife, that like, hey, just so you know, you're number two. Mm, yeah. Because this problem here is bleeding in all over everywhere else. And once I recognized that it wasn't what I said with my words, because even if I said, no, it's it's not like, Like, no, you're the most important. It didn't, it didn't, that didn't matter. It was, what what was I wearing on my face and on my shoulders, you know, and was the, what was happening over here impacting, you know, the relationship. And so for me, it's now the biggest problem would be how, how is Brooklyn? How are we, how's our relationship?
0: Okay, so you're, and I think this is a this is a a common shift that a lot of us, the front row dads, are are either making or attempting to make or have made. And that might be we were businessmen with families, and we become family men with businesses. And and you are someone that, from what I see, you live that you are a family man with businesses, as opposed the other way around. But it may have been different once upon a time. Can you help us with that shift? You know what what did that look like when you realized that you were folks in the business and maybe not your relationship.
1: Yeah, Matt, I mean, I'd mean, say it's not over. I would say like I'm a recovering addict. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, in other words, it's, there's, like, my, my wife is great. And there's a lot of times where she'll kind of give me the nudge of like, hey, does not look like the priorities are lining up? And then it's, you know, we're at a point in our relationship, though, where I very much appreciate that. Because she knows that I'm moving towards, like, I, I what I want, more than anything is to be that 100% of the time, which is a family man with businesses, not a businessman with a family on the side. But, you know, right out of college, what was my my mindset was, go achieve, go build, go earn. And, And I was doing that when I met my wife. And so I always was, well, I'm doing this and it's for the family, right? I think we oftentimes will wrap our difficult habits or things that maybe don't serve the family will wrap it into that like, well, this is for the family. And in reality, yeah, there's an element to that in terms of providing and all this. But, you know, she didn't tell me she wants me to go out and make an extra X amount in income. She didn't say that we need this. Like that's a you know a me thing or an ego thing or a competitive aspect or something like that that's showing up that then I'm like, well, this is for the family. This doesn't happen and this is going to be bad, right? Or something like that. And so I think that's where it has always been. And I'm a creature of habit for sure. And so like with the way that the schedule or the ways to win were this way, I would just, this is the way it has to be. So we'll build the family stuff around this. And what the last couple of years I've been able to do is recognize that. Well, just because it's been that way doesn't mean that it has to be that way. And it's caused me to be a deeper thinker than what I maybe normally am. I definitely pride myself on being more of an executor than I am a innovator. And so I think this whole imbalance to balance conversation of like, how do I shift my priorities is is gotten me to look at all the things that I do differently, so that I can say, what are things I can let go of? And what are things that I need to be doing at home to to show that that is my number one?
0: Oh, hell yeah. I love what you're sharing. It started with kind of take us back a little bit. It started with, uh, you've been with Cutco and Vector since 18, 19 years old. and It's a personal development company. And you've been uh, empowered to think progress, not perfection for years. And through this high awareness, been trained or thought, a uh, creature of habit, to go and achieve and, and accomplish and win and and do these things. And you were became aware because you've been trained, you became aware somewhere along the lines that it was not as focused as I wanted to be over here. So because of that awareness over the past couple of years, your journey has been shifting more of that awareness towards your family. And I think that's the root of the challenge that so many of us entrepreneurs and leaders and high performers face is that we do kind of go all in and we can justify and rationalize that. Yeah, it's all for you. I'm making all this money for you. I'm spending all this time in the business. It's all for you. Yeah, you want to play with daddy right now. I have to work. It's for you. And I don't know if that's that really translates to them. So thank you for for sharing the real challenge and the real for all of us or for many of us, that type of journey.
1: And and when I made the shift, it's like my business has grown tremendously in the last three years while I have been cutting my hours down. And again, I think that it's, there's a, because I was looking at it with true intent. And what I mean by this is like true intentions being, I'm not looking to work less because I just want to work less, right? Like I still care deeply about the success of my organization and the people that are on my team. And so, if I'm choosing to work less, or I'm choosing to teach somebody up on on a certain thing, so that they can run a portion of the business, it's coming from a place of I still deeply care and and desire great results here, but I'm shifting what what some of my focus is. And I think as long as the intention is true, not just like I just don't want to work anymore, you know, I think there's I I think that gets sniffed out maybe by the people that that are on somebody's team.
0: Mm Hmm. That's right. I. I love the way you're inclusive. It's We can be family people and we can grow the business. It's not because I don't want to work. I want to work less. I'm somehow, I'm, I'm lazy or I'm something over here. No, I want family and I want to continue to do great here. How do I figure that out? And you're figuring something out, brother, because you're the, one of the top guys in, in the whole history of the company. I didn't do my research coming in. Are you the top uh, division manager in the history of the company right now?
1: Not me. So we're currently ranked number two. In the company, my individual office broke the all-time Cutco record by over a million dollars last year.
0: Whoo! Okay, okay.
1: So, office-wise, we're we're cranking, and one of, one of the things that leads to that is, I mean, you're familiar with with the model. Our what's changed a lot in Cutco and Vector has been like the the, the Cutco sales professional, the individual that's not a student selling Cutco; they're doing it as a career. They've done it for a decade. I've got such a lights out team that have been with me for a decade. And what I credit this to, though, is, is me engaging them in the same conversation. And so there's two things that can exist at the same time. And I don't think that most people make the connection, which is there can be an expectation and a standard of growth, like business performance growth. And there can also be a focus on shifting my hours in the way that I do it. And so in my organization, there is a constant like, hey, Matt, how are you going to grow this next year? But at the same time, let's talk about Matt, how can you work 5 to 10% less this next year? And so we're able to have both of these conversations. And that leads into the whole dreams concept. Like, Matt, I want you to have the life of your dreams. Like, you have more things on your list that you need to be ha- be accomplishing. You want to start a family, you want to buy a house, or, Like, you need time for those things. So there's stages in people's career, right? I think that you can't be brand new in a business and say, How do I shift to work less? But I think that if somebody understands their, you know, we call it, you call it whatever, grind mode, customer acquisition mode, where somebody's new in their role, they have to build their business for a year, two years, three years, four years. And when they're ready to where it's at a level that they don't need these hyper growth years, that they can then start saying, How do I work a little less and continue to grow my business? And we've been able to successfully do that with our career people, which I think leads to them not wanting to leave. Right, they're like I'm making more money, I'm working less, I'm accomplishing dreams. Like, wh- what else am I gonna? What am I gonna go find that's better than that?
0: I think that somehow in the conversation, it just naturally evolves into creating this life of our dreams, creating where you want to go. And there's always challenge present. I feel we've we've shifted to proactive and creation, and I'd love to intentionally make that shift uh, to the second part of our discussion, which is around creating that life of the dreams, creating that that life of vision and and how you go about doing that. And I've got your book right here. I mean, we can start with the book. We can start with your vision or any any place you'd like, Dane. I'm always inspired by you. So I'd love to start with, how are you thinking about creating
1: the life of your dreams? Yeah, so for me personally, I think it's just allowing, I think there, there's a few different things, but it's allowing yourself the space to come up with, we call it the menu, but you know the, the list of things that fill you up. People use the terminology bucket list a lot. The, the dreams list to me, when we help somebody create a dreams list, it's so much more than a bucket list. A bucket list is like, I want to travel to this and check this off the list. There's a component of that with the dreams list, but then there's also all of these, and you've been through it. There's all these different categories of like ways that I want to live or the ideal version of me or the what are things I want to be known for, what are financial objectives, health objectives. And so it just, when I look at my dreams list, it fills me up because I'm like, man, there's so much more for me to be able to do. And I think that there's, if if I'm not looking at that, well, then where's my worth at and what's my focus, what I do for work and my family, and that's it. And there's nothing wrong with those two, but I don't think it's healthy for somebody to have their identity wrapped up in their job because that could change at a moment's notice. And then what happens to your identity? Right. I also think that it's 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 healthy like healthier to have an identity as a father and as a husband or or a mother or whatever that is. But there's still this element that like I'm a unique being. And if I'm not doing things that really excite me at some point, it doesn't have to be this regular thing, but if I'm not at least working towards things that really fill me up as an individual, it's gonna be hard for me to show up as a phenomenal dad or or the way that I want to show up in the way that I want to show up as a husband. And so if I'm filled, then I'm going to be great in all those different roles that I'm you know, putting the hat on each day. And, and so I think that for me, that's, the, that's, kind of, that's why this matters. The more focus that I get on, hey, what do I want to achieve this year, allows me to look at the next year and say, man, this is going to be the best year of my life. And that feels great to be able to say that as a 38-year-old, be able to say, this is going to be the best year of my life. And then at the end of the year, say... Yep, that was the best year of my life. Here's the proof. Like, here's here's my list. Here's all the things I did. And man, I can't wait till next year because look at these things. And this is no different than anything else. Like with goal setting, where you set a goal, you hit it. You start to think differently. You start to get exposed to bigger goals. Right. The same thing is true with dreams, where it's like I'll start to accomplish some things on there. I'm like, well, if I could do that, I could probably do this, right? And so I start to think bigger about what's possible.
0: Wow. what might you say to someone, because at the very beginning of all this, you shared that you allow yourself the space to come up with a menu. And there might be people out there that are stuck on the sidelines right now that have uh, a reason or an excuse, and it might be something of the nature of, and I just don't have time to do that. I've got to take care of my kids. I've got to go to work. I've got uh, this and that, A and B happening. I just don't have time to do that. And what might be... Uh, a new perspective you might be able to offer someone who has a reason or excuse that they're not able to spend time on their menu.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is just like anything else that it's like, you know, we don't have time for the things that we don't feel are important enough, but we make time for the things that are. And when I think about this, I think this is such a, you know, I don't know the age that it is. I think it's different for everybody, but we all end up reaching this age where I shouldn't say all many people end up in a situation where, You're a parent, you're a spouse, you're working, you have a mortgage, you have all these things. Almost all of our schedule is, you know, I'm going to call it obligatory, right? It's obligation. And not in a bad way, but like, I got to drive the kids to school. Okay, I got to make dinner. I have to go to this meeting. I have to work these hours. And the thought to say, I need to put myself first, I think is difficult because that's not what we're kind of like told to do on a regular basis. And there's not very rarely is somebody getting recognized for like taking personal time in the middle of the day to go to the gym, right? It's almost like, wait, what's that person doing? So I think that this is a little out of the norm for somebody to do. I'm going to go a little, a little different direction to answer the question. I would love to just do dreams workshops for individuals all over the world. So what does that mean? I think that I've had so many people that have heard me on a podcast or Heard the topic, whether it was at a face-to-face event or something, they said, "Well, how do I get my spouse to do this, or how do I, how can I build my list?" And my response right now is, "Your company has to hire me to come and do the dreams workshop for the team." Like that's kind of, I've chosen to go the path of business because you know, in terms of return on on time invested, is going to be larger, right? What I would love to build this to is being able to do regular dreams workshops online in person for for the individual and i think that the amount of work that somebody can do in a two-hour i'm working right now on doing a, a recorded one that people can just watch on like an kind of on demand so that once they you know are ready to say hey you know like again it'd be like after hearing the podcast they're like i want to do that they can go online do the do the guided workshop with the prompts
0: yes well, for those who don't know what that is, Dane, what can you give us some context? I know what it is; I've been through it. I'm a huge fan, but I would encourage everyone to do it uh, this year as soon as you can. It's been amazing. For those who don't know what that is, when you say dreams workshop, can you give us some context, please? What is a dreams workshop?
1: Yeah, so it's basically it's like a dreamstorming exercise, right? So brainstorming, but with dreams, and essentially, you know, we kind of set the table a little bit, and then I walk the participants through nine different categories from travel, adventure, material, financial, career, relationships, health, spirituality, legacy, creative, like there's, it, it really, it's meant to touch every part of somebody's life. And so that process of going through, it's not like you're just sitting there with your own thoughts going through. I fill the entire time with prompts. And so, you know, when we go through, it's like, I'm just rattling off different things that could be something that somebody's interested in. And you're just independently working on your list and going to town on it. My experience, most people are, by the time that this session is over, will will typically come up with like the smallest lists are usually about a hundred. And there's people that will come up with 200 or 300. I have people that go through this every year on my work team that have over a thousand dreams on their list. And a dream isn't something that has to be this big, large, grandiose, like get my dream house, right? Some of them are be able to do 20 pushups at once, right? Like some of them are small and very attainable to be able to do next week next month we just don't give ourselves the idea to do it and or the planning to actually put it in the calendar and that's kind of what this is so at the end somebody has their menu and then we do a little bit of action planning at the end of just like hey what are some low hanging fruit what are some things that you can do to go get a win on your dreams list? just kind of like start the whole you know domino effect right
0: love it oh out of curiosity how many push-ups can you do right now
1: well, on my dreams list for this year was to do fifty at once, and okay. at last the Front Row Dads Summit. What was that one? February, or March?
0: Yes, yeah, the, yep. I
1: did, I did, I did fifty, I did fifty-five. I was like, all right, heck yeah! So one of the things on my list, I hired a health coach. I've always wanted to do that. I hired a health coach for twenty twenty two, and so that's been going great. And and yeah, so I, I crossed that one off the list, which is great.
0: Fantastic. Well, I didn't know where that question would go. It's on your dreams list. What else What, what else might be a, a unique or a fun uh, dream on your list that uh, because of the exercise you're, you're engaged in?
1: So one of them is to always make sure that we're trying to level up our relationship. So my wife and I do like my marriage, right? So my wife and I do relationship coaching, right? Where we see a therapist, an intimacy coach. Alisa, you remember her? were you at the same? I don't know if you were oh, at the San Diego one.
0: Yeah, extraordinary marriage podcast. I love them.
1: Yeah, yeah. We we hired Alisa pretty quickly after that. Maybe so. This would have been two three years ago, and we uh, we have a session with her every so often. It's kind of like our regular doctor checkup, right? Like let's go and make sure that everything's good instead of going to the doctor when things aren't good. And so uh, that's been great, but that's on our list. It kind of continues to be on our list. Weekly date nights is one that's on my list that. You know, we don't hit it perfectly, but it's having 52 date nights in a year has been on my list every year since we've been married. We have yet to accomplish it, but every year we have gotten closer to that mark of 52, right? And so that's been one that has felt really good, right? And it's improved our our relationship.
0: It feels like living the values that we were talking about earlier, moving from business to to family first. It feels like as you get closer to that, you're really making that shift. Uh, Fantastic. What, what, What might be one or two more dreams on there? This is fascinating to hear you share.
1: I, uh, I'm for my 40th birthday. So it's a dream on there that we have a date set for. But I want to rent an island, and so <laughs> that's just on there. Rent an island, and some people might have buy an island on theirs. I have rent an island on there, and so we're going to do it for my 40th birthday, which is in two years. Fantastic! Wow, that's amazing. Uh, well, and by the way, this goes into the whole when you put something on your dreams list, and you start to research it, you find out that it's actually more attainable than what you might think in just hearing it. Because like that rent an island you might have an idea that like oh my god that's got to cost a ton do some research we can we, we've been finding some that we can rent for like thousand to two thousand dollars a night and get like 20 people smaller that that are like Airbnb style that you can get your all your friends and family like it's it's way more affordable than what it I, I, everybody has a different definition of affordable but it's not necessarily what somebody would think I think when you hear rent an island.
0: Yeah, I had no idea about that. Uh, $1,000 uh, or a couple thousand for an island sounds amazing. Yeah. Well, I'd love to go to, well, stick with the dream journaling because that is such a fascinating exercise to me. I'm, I'm holding it up for those of you who will see this video at some point. The dream journal is something that my wife and I, we, we did this exercise for the first time when Dane introduced us to it. And as a result of that, we are now on our own dream, our, our own mission. You know, and we've done a number of things together. One of those was on here underneath the category of adventure. We are both pretty structured people. We decided to uh, take the next flight out nice. and that was an adventure to us. So we did that. We we did that as a result of this. And we met some really cool people and inspired us. We went and stayed at this lady's Airbnb out of town a few hours away. And when we got there, the entire house was full of like, antique, stuff. And this lady had one of the nicest houses on the beach, but you go inside of her house, she invited us into her home and there were antiques everywhere of like a Paris and a French motif. So what this inspired us to add to our dreams list was go antiquing together. I know, weird, random, right? We have found so much fun together going to random antique stores. I used to think this was the biggest waste of time, but now it's not It's not that. It's not for the antique. It's for the connection time that we get. And that all started with, that kind of spiraled from starting with you know the adventure part.
1: I love that. And thank you for sharing because when, like that's something that I think that people don't necessarily recognize with this. They're so like, okay, so I'm going to make my list and that's it. It's like, no, when you start, executing or acting on the things that are in your list, it almost always leads to another and another and another and another because you're just looking at life differently. And you start like, okay, we're on an adventure that we haven't done before. And so you're just more aware of something such as antiques that you're like, this is great. And then you recognize that this could be something that also goes on there. And so we do the same thing where we'll go experience, maybe it's travel different place, talk to people on there. And we're like, You know, I've got mine right here and we're adding to our list, you know, different places that we're like, Oh, I never heard of that. There's a thing called rag bar. I could be saying it wrong, but my wife just put it on our list and she's like, we're doing it next year. And it's a bike trip. It's a one week bike trip, 500 miles across the state of Iowa, river to river. And they each year, so there's, is it seven, seven days? So there's six nights and there's a town that hosts and there's like 20,000 people that do it. And so that town puts on a party. So like you bike 50 to 70 miles, you go to that next town and then everybody just like celebrates, camps, has a blast, gets up in the morning, does the same thing again. So we were just at the uh, grad party and somebody told us about this and we were like, this sounds amazing. Can we do this next year? Right. So we added it on a list. We're recruiting friends and family to do it. And so I think, again, it's like when you operate out of this dreams list, it's just like you hear something and it's not like, oh, that's cool. You hear it. You're like, what? Well, I, I could probably do that. Let's put that on our list. And that to us, just we want our kids to see us just experiencing life, because I think if they get to see that, they're just going to look at everything as possible.
0: And now our sponsor today is everything is figureoutable. Every single thing out there, we can figure out a solution for it. Every single thing that's in our life right now, if we have a challenge with a health, if we have a challenge with our business, if we have a challenge with a job, a challenge with a significant other, everything is figure outable by simply sitting down, taking stock of where we are right now, making an action plan, and then taking the smallest, soonest step. We can figure it out. One thing that will happen is if we don't take any action at all, chances are some things won't figure themselves out. Team, everything is figure outable. Today's sponsor for the Eternal Optimist Podcast. Pause, amazing. And one of the, th- the lessons here that, if you're really listening deeply, that we teased out is that when you go and accomplish one dream, just the journey of going and accomplishing a dream, just even, even if you don't accomplish it, you take steps towards that dream, it opens up new possibilities. It may open up the avenue to another dream and then another dream. And before you know it, you don't even realize it yet, you have literally started to design the life of your dreams because you took that first step. And for anyone on the bench who's having a tough time figuring out how to get started, it doesn't have to be a huge step. It's simply a step. And the first step might be, well, engage in the dream workshop. You know, the first step might be, if you don't even go that far, it might be simply to write down what one of those dreams might be and what might be the smallest, soonest step that we could take that might lead us in that direction? Uh, but I wanted to honor you for that because that's, that's, that's creating the life of your dreams. You truly are doing that by taking that first step. Amazing, man. Well, you know what I'd love to ask you, Dane? When you are not crushing it in business and you're not being a great dad and a great husband, I wonder... What might be some of the things you might do for your own personal growth and development?
1: Yeah, I think, I don't know if it's personal growth and development as much as like making sure that I'm feeling like me. I know I need to play basketball at least once a week. And when I didn't necessarily understand this when I was, when I was in my twenties as much, but like in my thirties, this has been a, wait a second. When I don't play basketball, I'm, I'm a worse human. And it doesn't have to be every like there's st- stages in my life where I play three times a week, and it's like that's great, but I, I need it at least once a week because what it does, it fulfills things that like my wife can't fulfill, my kids can't fulfill. Like, I need I'm a really competitive person, I need an outlet for that. That's not business, that's not competing with my wife in a board game or something that's not healthy, right? I need to go compete with other men. I need to be physical. And and I like a team sport. So for me, it's like I found that if I play basketball once a week, I'm a better human. Right now, moving to Austin, I'm, I'm able to play basketball once a week and volleyball once a week, which is just like, I feel like I'm in heaven. I'm like, this is fantastic. So th- that's something for me. And then also for me, I need I need time, which is like, I can't have anybody else around, whether it just means I want to listen to podcasts or read, or just be with my own thoughts, journal, whatever. So for me, that's usually the morning where I just make sure that I have enough time by myself. Much of what my job is on the day to day is I'm, you know, talking nonstop or in conversation and making decisions. And so I need a portion of my day, which I thrive with that, but I need a portion of my day where I'm just like, nobody talk to me. Let me let me be alone and, and just kind of be.
0: If you ever get to a space, and I don't know if you do. But most humans get to a place where they might be, you know, stressed or frustrated or angry. They might they might feel some emotion about something. If you ever get to a place where you're a little bit off balance, how do you go about recovering or or giving yourself space to to come back?
1: That's a great question, and my wife knows the answer to this too. If I'm in a really bad place, what I need to do is I need to watch a really bad action movie. <laughs>
0: what? Okay,
1: <laughs> awesome. Didn't I expect that? Wow. I started smiling when you were asking the question because this is something I figured out about myself, but what that allows me. So when I say like a really bad action movie, it's like, it's not, I love comedies, but I don't want to think. So if I'm in a really bad place, you might think you might say like for some people, you need to dig through your thoughts and your whatever. It's like, I'm pretty resilient. I know that I'm, I bounce back fast. And so what I need is I need to shut my brain off. And when I watch a really bad action movie, when I say really bad, my wife, my wife jokes around that the sweet spot for me is like a 10 to 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, you know, like the really, she's like, oh, this one's for you. And I'm like, I'll save that until I'm stressed out. And because for me, it's like, I don't have to think. And I kind of know what the end, like what's going to happen. You don't have to be a rocket scientist. I don't care about how bad the dialogue is. Just let me shut my brain off and be entertained for, for an hour or two. That's it.
0: (laughs) amazing. Well, so thank you for uh, gracing us with that strategy and and giving us a smile. But also that next time that I have a tough time, I'm going to, I'm going to think of you. I'm going to do that. Uh, I'm going to go watch a bad action flick. I'm going to share with you which one it was. So let's go to the last question, Dane. And I'm thinking about uh, a piece of advice were a piece of advice you could offer our listeners around overcoming a a challenge if they're facing something that's very very daunting and and tough for them right now what might be one simple piece of advice you could offer
1: yeah i think that and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning a little bit which is if i if i'm in a really tough space i just remind myself that this this goes with the quote and and i talk about this in the book but when there's hope in the future there's power in the present and this, this is the quote that i hold on to the closest of any quote that I've ever, ever heard. When there's hope in the future, there's power in the present. And so for me, it's like, if I'm in a tough spot, I try and get that hope by a couple of things. It's like looking at, okay, when I get through this, what's the result going to be? And if I can hold on to that and feel good about what that is, it gives me the power to get through it today. But, and then it's also reminding myself that's like, Hey, this, there's going to be bigger challenges in my life. This is for sure I don't know anybody that says the biggest challenge I ever faced in my life was when I was just some random Tuesday when I was 38 years old. So for me, I remind myself that's like, look, if I want a bigger and bigger life, the challenges that, that come along with that are bigger and bigger challenges. And so I have to be able to get through the challenges that are you know, equivalent to where my life is right now in order for me to be prepared and be able to handle these larger ones. And that goes back to that forced growth, chosen growth, right? So when I get myself in a tough space... I have to be able to look back and say, well, I'm the one that chose to take this trip. I'm the one that chose to take a friend's van instead of rent one somewhere else that would take care of it, right? While it all happened, I chose to do all these things. So I need to make sure I get myself through it on the other end. And there's probably a reason that it's happening this way. I just, you know, unfortunately, I don't get to know what that is until later on. All right. So those are the things for me that kind of, allow myself to recognize that like, look, many people have it worse than the situation I'm in right now. And I know I can figure this out.
0: Thank you. Thank you for your wisdom today, Dane. Uh, If our listeners want to follow you or get a dream journal or inquire about the dream workshop or anything you're doing, how might they find you out there?
1: Yeah, so all the social media platforms and I'm starting to do more like uh, dream spotlighting on my Instagram. So if somebody follows me on there, I love if you tag me when when you accomplish a dream. I love kind of like collecting those, you know, as people are accomplishing their dreams. But I'm the only Dane Espigard that's out there, so I have a unique last name, so you can find me pretty easily. And then my website is Daneespigard.com. And anybody who's interested in the book, I made the decision at the beginning of this year to try and make the largest ripple effect possible with this dreams concept. And so if somebody's interested in getting a free copy of the book, they can just go to daneespigard.com forward slash free gift. But if you, if you type that in, it'll take you to a spot to get a free downloadable copy. And that's that's my attempt to, to try and get as many people as possible to implement this type of a system at their workplace. Because I think that when we're um, introduced at the workplace, it kind of forces you to make the time right? That's one of the things I like about doing it in the workspace is it's like, well, this is part of work. So I guess I have to do it. And then people are excited about the outcomes.
0: Amazing, brother. Amazing. I appreciate you appreciate the time you've invested today. And I'm certain that someone is going to be inspired by it. So uh, thank you so much, Dane. Much appreciated, man.
1: Thanks for having me. This has been fun. A pleasure, brother. Thanks for listening to the eternal optimist podcast. You can check the show notes for information about today's episode. And please share the show with that friend who is wanting to think bigger. We'll see you next time.